Welcome to the School of Humanity podcast. You are made in the image and likeness of God. Not only does God long for you, but you are like Him. What does this mean for you? How does it affect your view of God? How does it affect your view of yourself? How does that affect everything? This, this is, is the School, School of Humanity. Humanity. Welcome back to the School of Humanity podcast. Jason and Rachel Bowman. We are on episode 51 now, and we are going to sort of recap again um, the... We'll continue to recap. Re- continue to recap um, the uh, KonMari method. KonMari method, yes. Got it. See, I got yeah, it right. Yeah, whatever. You, were, you, <laughs> you doubted me. It's just because I'm mad that I didn't come up with it first. Yeah. And uh, so last last episode, we were discussing the KonMari method, which um, we feel definitely bespeaks uh, an aspect of the spiritual life that's very, very important, and particularly a vice that we tend to suffer from, namely assedio. Right. Um, right. And so last episode, we spent a lot of time just kind of going through the first episode of her show. Um, so listen, if you haven't if you haven't watched it, you can always just go back to our episode fifty. And listen to kind of like the key points that we really pulled out from that. There were a couple of others that we wanted to talk about yeah. before we get into why we think this is important. Um, yeah, go ahead. Number one is that uh, she ends up, they end up like doing an after interview with them, like mm-hmm. after they've cleared out everything. Oh, one of the other things too, sorry was that in the middle of it, the couple is kind of like, we've been up every night trying to do this. Because, you know, like I said, they're supposed to do it in one fell swoop. So you go, they move category by category. It's not like you would go to like your bedroom and tidy um, and declutter. But instead, the KonMari method says that you like get all the clothes out and you do all the clothes at one time. Um, It's not something that you can just, she doesn't suggest you doing some of the clothes and then coming back later to do more of the clothes, but that you have to do each of the steps fully before you can move on to the next step. So like all the clothes, all the books, which I told Jason that I didn't really agree with the whole book thing because she suggests only keeping 30 books. Right. Which we have a few more than 30 books. And I think we would weep if we had to part ways. Yeah. I mean, maybe if you weren't like someone who actually reads very much, right? um, that'd be different, but yeah, that's true. Um, I still don't agree, but anyway, so, (laughs) (laughs) so then like in the middle of it, she goes, you know, you're going to probably feel really overwhelmed at one point. Like things are probably going to be messier than they felt before you started this, but just keep, keep going, you know? Right. Um, and then at the end they do like a, a post declutter tidying interview with the couple and the couple is happier. Yeah. Um, they are like almost more in love you know they're they're utilizing their house better their children are joining them in with them on all of it right um and so anyway so all of that to bring up a couple of things of why we think that this has a lot to do with the spiritual life and even before we get into ascetia there are a couple things to make note of she says her big thing um in fact you can see it all over most social media feeds right now is I'm trying to figure out if this sparks joy because uh, her thing is sparking joy. And so she um, suggests 
this is goes back into the Shintoism and the Eastern Eastern religion, but she she says, you know, you take things, like if you're going through your closet and trying to figure out what to keep, you would take it into your hands and you would say, does this spark joy for me? And then if it does, then you keep it. Um, if it doesn't, then you tell it thank you and you <laughs> thank you for being my piece of clothing and then you put it away or and you donate it or whatever you would All do. All of that, I think, fits within the Catholic faith except for the last part where you thank the inanimate <laughs> object that has no soul. <laughs> thank you, shirt. Um, even the lady in the episode, you could tell that she's like, she, she feels a little, thank you. <laughs> the husband's super excited about decluttering though, so he's, his thank yous are a lot more excited. But 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 I mean, I think there's, that that is congruent that with uh, the Catholic faith, you mm. know, like, does this thing spark joy? There's nothing wrong with right. feeling beautiful. There's nothing wrong with beautiful clothing and art and appreciating it. Right. So if it sparks joy. And then everything around you has to spark an interiority. So right. I think that that's, that's worth saying. You know, the other day I was reading a, a blog from Aletia, um, the English edition, and they were obviously because that's all that I speak <laughs> Wait a minute, you don't speak Sorry. Spanish? I don't speak Spanish, contrary to popular belief. Um, Grounds for annulment right I there. know, I'm sorry, I should have told you. Um, <laughs> but someone said, you know, I don't care how you, I think the title of it was something like, no matter how you say it, um, clutter is not a sin. And obviously it's not. I mean, get it together. <laughs> Like a, mm, yeah, it could okay, become. it can, but wait a second, okay, Mister Scrupulous over there, listen. Um, but the thing is, is that I do believe that our, just like Saint Augustine always says, uh, you know, I I looked for you without, and you were within. Like I right. looked for you outside of myself, but you were inside of me the whole time. Right. Um, I think that our our not only does our body like the embodiment that we've talked about in the past, not only does our body, our external body reflect our interiority, but I think the way that we treat our environment, which was a big thing within um, Pope Francis's encyclical about the environment, you know, that the way that we treat our environment does reflect a lot about our interiority. Sure. Um, and that doesn't just include like our ecosystem, but that includes your home, you sure, know? Sure, of course. Um, and Marie Kondo actually does a really good job of, of displaying this in an example in her book. And I'm not sure. There's probably a lot of you that are listening that that can um, relate to this. I definitely did. She said, "She said, imagine that you sit down at your very messy, cluttered desk, and you have to do a project." Um, I love her for saying that already. Um, and she says, "But there's clutter, so a lot of times the person will have to clean up." That's me. Before they can continue. Um, cannot continue. Oh my gosh. It's so true guys. Like Jason will come home and if the house is clean, see, this is another thing and we don't really fight, but, um, I will because definitely I refrain. Oh my gosh. <laughs> here we go. Um, but he'll come in and if the house is messy, he doesn't like, he'll greet us, but like immediately you have to start picking up the house 
and and I'm always like, stop, stop, just come play with the kids, and I can do it. That's and he because just you feel going. guilty. I do feel guilty. You're so I mean, worst. you know, don't don't sit here and criticize me. Jason's the worst, guys. <laughs> We're gonna open a poll on the on you know I don't know where we would open a poll my Facebook and just we'll 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 get some we'll rally behind this. So <laughs> wow. But it's true. So uh, even for me, like if I'm going to cook in the kitchen, like if I'm getting ready to make a bunch of stuff for a holiday dinner, I have to, you have to clean the kitchen before you get to do that. I mean, it just, it seems right and seems rightly ordered to have space to be able to do that. Um, And I think that that is the same with our souls. You know, like if you want to grow in holiness, the best, actually, as you're growing in holiness, the way that you do that is is by clearing the spiritual clutter that's within your heart. Absolutely. And so, I mean, that's what good spiritual direction provides for you. That's what happens in your soul when you encounter Christ is that he, you encounter him and he pushes away the things that do not spark joy to leave you with just joy. Yeah. And he pushes away all those things that distract you. Right. From who he is, from who you are, from from who your heart is called to love above all things. Oh my gosh. All these things, you know. Marie Kondo is like the Jesus of clutter. That's that's really what it comes down to. That was heretical. <laughs> I do not support you. <laughs> um, but you don't just sit down and enter into contemplation after, you know, running around with four kids all day without taking time to be in says silence. says you, okay? Like, I... Please, please don't, don't ruin this it. moment okay, for me. Okay, sorry. Thank you. Um, <laughs> you have to take time um, to place yourself in the presence of God and and um, to be able to declutter right. your heart, you know, in that way. And so I mean, I would even venture clear. to say that that's, uh, that's what happens the entire Mass. You know, the entire Mass is a, is a prayer, Right. Um, in preparation for receiving Christ. So yeah. you start out the Mass with the, with the Kyrie, the Gloria, the Toda, if you know what that is. And then you continue into the liturgy of the Eucharist, hearing the words of, of the Scripture, right. and then hearing the homilies. All of those things are always to prepare you and to you know, spiritually declutter you sure. to get you into a space where you can receive Christ in ground that is, is ready, fertile to receive him. Right. Um, it's a crescendo. It is quite the crescendo. Um, <clears throat> so the other thing is that as I was reflecting on this and thinking about uh, writing a little bit about it, um, I realized that the reason why clutter usually exists is because of ascetia. You know, there's a great book that we've done a study on too called The Noonday Devil. Um, what's the subtitle of that? Ooh, um, the Noonday Devil. It's something about... Ascetia in Our Times or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Um, it's, it's about the fact that it's unknown. Right. Um, so listen, if you really want to grow in the spiritual life and you've done some intellectual reading, even if you haven't, I would, I would try to encourage you to, to pick up the Noonday Devil. Um, it's a great, 
great book. Abbott Nault, I think. Yes, N-A-U-L-T is the author's last name, Nault. Um, but it's really interesting because as I was as I was preparing to write on it and, and, and was reflecting on it, the things that are in Marie Kondo's book about the joy or the magic of tidying up or whatever, mm-hmm. um, they quite mirror the things that are in this book on the noonday devil. Right. So Estetia, which is something that a lot of people don't talk about, it was actually originally part of the um, the deadly sins. You know, we used to, we always call them the seven deadly sins, but there used to be an eighth and the, and it was always Estetia. And Estetia was always listed last because um, the church fathers viewed it as the greatest sin. And the, the fact that once you could accomplish, um, you could overcome Estetia, that you would actually be free, you know, that that was the greatest sin to overcome. And so there's a couple of definitions of Asedia. Um Was it St. Thomas? No, it was Evagrius described it as a relaxing of the soul, right? Mm-hmm. Wasn't it Evagrius? Yeah. Um, one of the early church fathers. And then St. Thomas Aquinas came along and he described it as an indifference, like a, an a, a indifference towards God. And indifference towards how our souls are oriented right. towards I him. He, I think he even went so far as to say it was like a sadness at, yeah. at you know, um, I can't remember exactly, like a sadness at the good, you know. Right. At, at, um, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, and so <clears throat> Jason and I were talking before recording about the fact that like how would you, how would you put those two things together? How would you marry clutter like actual clutter with acedia. Yeah. And so... Um, we know it's there, but like how, we know do you it's ar- there. how do you articulate it? How that? do you articulate it? So, I mean, for us, um, there's a few places that clutter definitely builds up. Like clutter in our kitchen counter, we always put a lot of things in there because that's one of the first places that you pass in our home. So we have a tendency to just put things there. Um, today I was laughing cause I was looking at it and I was like, this is awful. Like there's a fluorescent light there that I need to take back cause it's the wrong size. There's a stack of random papers. Um, there was a couple of toys. There was a whole bag of rice that I hadn't put away yet. There were, um, uh, like random pens that the kids had used. Right. I think there were a couple of <laughs> stray Skittles cause Abigail put them up there. Just super random stuff and just clutter. Um, so that's one place where a lot of things build up. My desk, I have a desk in the playroom next to where the kids um, have their work area. That that area gets really cluttered, um, <clears throat> mostly because it's usually like stuff that I need to file and I haven't filed it yet. Um, and then also occasionally, which right now it is very cluttered, our prayer study area, which is in the room where we normally have young adults and where we record the podcast but it gets pretty pretty cluttered there because we end up getting a bunch of books at some point and don't have anywhere to put them or we both I have a tendency to read like six books at one time yeah. and so they're all out I think we both have that tendency um and so I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing and that's an, like we I think we mentioned just two minutes ago that she doesn't she's if, if you don't read books a lot you know she says to get rid of them and I don't think we would ever get rid of a lot of our books, but, um, <clears throat> and I think those are the main places in our home though, right? Like the desk and, yeah, and, uh, the kitchen counter. So 
I was telling Jason that I really feel like the reason why things build up in certain places in our homes, like there's an area where clutter accumulates, is because um, we end up becoming indifferent to it. Yeah, like, we become numb to Yeah, we put that like section. the first, <laughs> right? Just so crazy. Like you put one thing down and then you kind of like, I'll put that back later. And then um, you'll put another thing down. Well, it's almost like an effort to be organized in your disorder. Right. You know, so you put like everything there whatever, and you're like, I'm going to deal with that later. Whatever is not put away, let me put all of it at least in one spot so that like <laughs> it's an ordered disorder. <laughs> <laughs> right. So bad. Um, so I think you just become indifferent to that. And I think our spiritual lives are the same way. Like if you if you applied asedia to that, into the state of our hearts, when there are things that are difficult, or even when lots of things that are very small difficulties build up that we don't really want to face head on because we know that if we face them, it's going to require effort to deal with them. Um, it can become kind of like a holy indifference. Like if you if you take St. Teresa of Avila's um, method of prayer and that our heart has many rooms, and if you get into the inner room, I would guarantee that we probably have a room in our hearts where we store our clutter. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, it's that room that when Jesus is coming to visit or he is coming, I mean, he lives there. But if when he's walking around, you're probably like, yeah, I don't go in that room. It's pretty messy in there. But usually it's because within that room is where we hide the darkest things, like the things that we are most ashamed of. Um. And so I think that that shows a lot, like especially when that couple was first showing them the home, you know, imagine walking Jesus through every room of your heart and having to put before him all of the things that you know that you've allowed to take his place, you know, yeah. and just the shame that accumulates with that. I, I would almost say that, but see, Asedia is so <clears throat> insidiously evil that it it blinds you, you know, because he describes it as involving both your body and your soul, like a laziness that kind of transcends, or excuse me, involves both. And so, like, it's almost like you take Jesus to the room and uh, you are so disordered and lazy that you don't even know... That it's cluttered. That it's cluttered, yeah. Like, you're almost like okay, there's something here that's wrong, but I don't even know what it is because like... I've, I've lived I've, in it so long. Yeah, I've neglected it for so long and like right. I'm so indifferent to it now Right. that please God give me some kind of grace to just like peel this, you know... Right. A, you know, open. And that's when your heart just like, just, oh crap. Just, <laughs> like overwhelms itself. Right. I think that that was what was happening to, that, to the mother <laughs> when they were first like greeting the home. And she had to actually sit in silence, you know, for a second. Her children were both asleep in their laps. And they sat in silence. I mean, the show, who knows how long the silence was, because they edited it, of course. But it, it, on the in the edited version that you see on Netflix, it was probably a good minute, maybe 30, 45 seconds. And you could tell that she was very overwhelmed after that silence was over with. And I think that that is the same thing in the spiritual life, if we allow ourselves to sit for 45 seconds to mm -hmm. a minute in silence, yeah. the fog um, of ascetia will kind will of settle, come up, yeah. you know, and you're like, holy moly. Yeah. Like if I just take the time to be yeah. quiet, I can realize yeah. 
how much clutter I've allowed yeah. to come into my heart. You it's know? A, it's a fog. I, I I think it's like a a haziness, and it, and it's so constant. It's so deep and foundational that like you operated in it all day long and you don't even recognize it right. until you finally are forced to or you take the time to sit silent and you realize like oh i can't sit in this silence you know <laughs> right. like like please something distract someone me someone save me so, yeah anything know. fresh prince of bel-air save me um well, the other thing is, you know, just to take a couple, to close out this, this kind of series, part two of, of, uh, taking the KonMari method of tidying up and comparing it to the tidying up that we should be doing with our souls, you know, in the new year and getting away from a steady just this indifference towards God and this heaviness of heart, the sadness towards that, which is good. Um, number one, I think is to take, if you take KonMari's uh, method, ask yourself, you know, does this bring me joy? And I think that if you do that with your own heart, like you look at the things that are in your heart and say, you know, does this bring me joy? Like, does this ministry bring me joy? Do these friends bring me joy? Does mm -hmm. this hobby bring me joy? Right. And just try to clear out the clutter. You know, does this, l listen to this type of music, does it bring me joy? You know, being as being as obsessed as I am with this show or with going to the gym or with eating a certain way or, you know, it, it, is that thing bringing me joy? Right. I mean, I think real leisure, which is what we want and what joy kind of manifests in um, when you're really happy, you can have real leisure and, and real happiness is a result of peace, which is the result of being ordered. Right. You know, and your life is only ordered. Oh, that's good when it when christ is at the top so all these things that you're like oh i don't want to do that because that's work you know putting these things away and like and so i'm going to go to the to what makes me happy right now which is to not take the time to do that thing what you're doing is you're grasping at these tiny little consolations and trying to find your joy and pleasure you know right meaning not having to do the work to declutter or whatever right um and, and what happens is not, that's never satisfying and then you find yourself kind of you know like lost in that and don't even know and you end what's up giving up. on yeah. and i think that that's a big thing the part where she tells them when you start tidying up sometimes it looks messier than it did when you started and so i'll say that anytime that i'm i'm talking to someone mm, about yeah, their their good. their journey into holiness, you know, if they're going to spiritual direction, I remember telling my friends, you know, like if you're going to do this, like if you're going to want to be holy, you got to be all in, man, because it's going to get hard. Like, especially yeah. as you start to identify core wounds within yourself, it's over. Yeah. I mean, you've got to be able to stick to it because on the other side is, is mercy, you know, and on the other side is love. Right. But in the middle of it, it's going to feel like a war. Yeah. And so, it's painful. And it's so it, painful. You don't even... You're not sure if you're making any progress. Right. You look around and you're like, why do yeah. we have all this stuff? And I mean, it's the same, same way with your heart. So, yeah. um, and just to, to drive home this, all of this is the fact that that book, the noonday devil and the book from Marie Kondo on tidying up, they both end with 
the same message, which I, w- I was very blown away by that. The KonMari method ends with talking about the fact that, like, obviously, if you don't tidy up your house, like, it's not a big deal. Like, you're not going to die from your house not being tidy. And then she says, but the fact that you read this book, like, you must desire for things to be ordered and for things to be tidy. And she says, the reason why you should do this is that I can guarantee to you that if you get rid of clutter and if you tidy your home, you're going to have more joy and you're going to be happy and your heart will be able to find its mission. You know, which is, I'm, I'm just reading it the other day. And I was like, what in the world? Like, how is that even part of this? Um, in the book on Asedia in the Noonday Devil at the very end, he concludes it by saying that once you, once you conquer Asedia, like the, the goal is joy. Like the goal is happiness. Right. Think about the person that puts the KonMari method to use. Like I, we put it to use a little bit. And I still remember like when we first did the little bit that I did, I wanted to tell everybody about it. Like I wanted to be like, hey, you should pick up this book. It's really good. Um, learn about decluttering and tidying your home. People all over are talking about sparking joy and sharing it with one another. Um, and that's the same way that when you conquer something in your spiritual life or you encounter Christ, you want to tell everybody about it. Yeah. That joy ends up spreading. And so um, I think maybe let's end it with one piece of advice that you think that people could, a practical thing that people could do to start to declutter their hearts. Mm, this is good. Um, I could tell you my mine, mine is um, go ahead. to get a spiritual director. Yeah. Yeah, I think probably I'd have to echo that because when you're in this trenches of ascetia and uh, spiritual numbness and, and sin or disordered thoughts, you know, you're blind by definition. Right. So, I mean, you either get a really good book that has, um, you know, that's on the spiritual life and you set aside time to read it and then sit in prayer and do an examination of conscience, you know, make acts of, um, you know, faith, hope, and love, and, and go over it. Um, and you may make some progress in that way, but there are core wounds. Mm, that, that really can only be identified yeah, in the they, eyes of the other. Yeah, they, I mean, you, you need like a good spiritual friend. It's really hard to find a spiritual director, um, but at least a spiritual friend who's on the same journey that like... Or has advanced more than you that you could trust with right. with your journey, you know? You you know, that you can, yeah, you can go to them and say, hey, you know, like, I feel this way. Right. I'm doing these things. <clears throat> can you see something I don't? <laughs> you right. Know, like, it's pretty awesome. Yeah. So, you know, this I know it kind of feels maybe like an odd thing that we would talk about this, but it really felt like the right thing. You know, as you're making your resolutions and entering into ordinary time um, and preparing ourselves really for Lent. Yeah. I mean, your Lent is going to be way more powerful yeah. if you can declutter now. Like if you can go ahead and start diving into your own heart and finding the places where you've hidden the deepest, darkest things that you think the Lord has no mercy for, because we would encourage you to know that he has great mercy. And if you show him what you feel is your greatest weakness, that he will show you his greatest mercy. 
Amen. Amen. God bless you. We're praying for you. Pray for us. Until next time. <laughs>